Hey everyone, I'm Caleb. And I'm Joey. And welcome back to Two Preachers on a Podcast. We're grateful that you have decided to take a few moments to uh, sit down or drive your car or do whatever it is that you're doing uh, and take a moment just to study the Bible with us. We are uh, always appreciative to have this opportunity uh, to be able to host this podcast and to talk about different uh, biblical topics. I know it's been uh, a few weeks since we it's have... It's been a minute. Yeah, since we've had an opportunity uh, to sit down and do this. Uh, but, uh, you know, life gets busy. We've been traveling a lot, and uh, uh, but we're just, we're just grateful to be able to be back in studio uh, here at Roanoke and to be able to put another podcast together, and we will do our best to continue these weekly. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, do this on more of a regular schedule. Uh, I believe we are on episode number seven uh, today of this particular podcast, and we've been kind of looking at each question, or, well, I just gave it away. We look at each episode from the, the really with the form of a question, and we've looked at several different things. Last time we did, um, uh, we recorded an episode, we talked about the idea of what does that even mean, and we looked at the word Christian, um, and so I thought it fitting to really, I guess, flip that coin uh, today and talk about what does that even mean sinner? And I think, you know, in a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of people in our, in our world, our culture kind of deem that to be a, a harsh term, you know, who are we to, uh, to call somebody a sinner, so on and so forth. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that as we go, but, uh, we kind of always do this at the beginning of each episode and somewhat define terms. Um, I think it's important for us to do, especially today. So Joey, what exactly is a sinner? We hear the term a lot, but what does it actually mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's when you hear it, it there's a negative connotation right. just attached to it. Like you're when you call someone a sinner, or you say someone is a sinner, that you're disparaging them as as an individual or something. Right. But I think we just need to back up a little bit, and you know, if you want to know what a sinner is. You probably first need to define what sin is. Absolutely. And so just very simply, uh, sin is to miss the mark, and the mark is designated by God, right? right? right. So it, a sin is what occurs when you or I or whoever, for that matter, doesn't measure up to the standard that has been set. And in this case, it's the standard that God is set. So his standard is the will he has provided for us. When we don't measure up to that, right. then we've committed sin. And so a sinner is one who doesn't measure up. And again, that's not that's not an attack on the person's character, right? right. It more specifically has to do with their response to the will of God and whether or not they have measured up to what God expects of them. Yeah, everybody has the same opportunity, right? Everybody right. has the same chance to make the right decisions and choices as it comes to their lives and in striving to live them um, in a way that is pleasing uh, to God and to his word. Um, and again, it, you know, it's not a hard concept to understand. I think I, for, for a lot of people, it's a hard concept to accept um, in, in terms of, you know, and we're going to get into this as we go. A lot of people, there's lives that they want to live, ways they want to do things, um, and you know, when, when it doesn't line up with the scriptures, then it immediately puts them in a state of uh, being someone who is, you know, not in fellowship with God and uh, because of that sin. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of things to, to talk about, I think, as we get into this particular uh, episode. And I think this, this next question is a good one um, to talk about. Uh, is everyone considered a sinner? 
And I think that even, you know, even within the church, um, you know, sometimes even with the terminologies that we use and such, I think maybe sometimes people can be a little bit confused uh, over, you know, kind of the, the titles and the way we call things. So what would you say to the question like this? I think you would agree that anytime we can just let the Bible answer a question, Absolutely. you know, without yep. a, a lot of commentary, you know, the, uh, I don't remember which preacher it was that said this, and I've we've probably talked about this before. Right. But uh, I know I heard it from instructors in uh, preaching school yep. that the Bible sheds a lot of light on all these commentaries. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So if the Bible can, if the Bible tells us, that's the definition that we ought to to work with, or the answer that we ought to work with. And so I would offer Romans three twenty three. Hmm where Paul said all have sinned and right. fall short of the glory of God. And uh, if you back up a few verses to Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. And so is everyone considered a sinner? Yes, uh, the Bible certainly says so. I think it's important to point out, though, that sin is not inherent in our nature, right? right. We, we haven't inherited it. It is not something that we begin life with. It's not part of our nature. It is the consequence of our relationship with God and his will. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That's exactly how I had taken this question as well, um, you know, with an understanding of every single person um, has committed sin at some point in their lives, thus making all of us sinners. It's like you said, it's not something that is passed down from, you know, generation to generation, or when you're born, you don't get this, you don't inherit the sins of your father or the sins of your mother. Um, but rather it comes from um, you and I, you know, making choices in our lives uh, that oftentimes are not um, in line with uh, the word of almighty God. But I think also within this, though, there is hope, right? For everyone who is a sinner, which will be all of us, there's hope to come out of that. You right. don't have to stay uh, a sinner. Um, and I know a lot of people, uh, I think we may have touched on this um, at a preacher's meeting, uh, just kind of in conversation and, and uh, recently, but kind of talking about when you look at the church, the church, you know, people say the church is a hospital for sinners, right? And a lot of people, it's the idea of, you know, you come in um, as someone who is in this sin sit. Uh, state, but you don't stay that way, right? Don't. It's the idea of you, know, you come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Right. Uh, there's there's a change that has to be made, um, and so I think that's the bright spot in this discussion is that even though we all are sinners and have been at some point, there's a way out of that, um, and I think right. we're going to get into that as we go forth from here. I think that's a that's a a pretty descriptive analogy to comparing the church to you know, a place where sinners find healing. Right. And, you know, something we probably don't think enough about is it's also that hospital or that place for healing where all of the employees have been in the place yeah. of the people that they're trying Absolutely. to help. And we lose sight of that a lot of times. We look at sin in a very stigmatizing way without being conscious uh, of the fact that, you know, we, we were the same. Exactly we are right. just forgiven right. of our sins. Right. I wanted to point out one other thing. Um, sin is the consequence of our choices, but I think it's important also to say that it's not restricted to choices because 
people who are ignorant of the will of God are still capable of sinning. Right. You know, just because you don't know God's will when you violate it doesn't mean you're not uh, guilty right. of it. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Ignorance is not bliss, right. It's, right? It's still sin. Right. You're exactly right. And this this next question is a little bit... Um, <laughs> yeah, this know. one threw me off. <laughs> um, is there benefit to being a sinner? Um, and I think it's a it's a weirdly worded question. A yeah, weird that question. depends on who you ask. Right, right, exactly. Because I think, you know, when you look at it in terms of the world, right, people in our culture, our society who have no care for God, no care for his word, only living their lives and doing what makes them feel good, um, when you lay out exactly what a sinner is, someone who lives for the world, then in their minds, I mean, the answer would probably be yes, because there's a lot of benefit to that, because you're getting to live the life that you want to live, right? You're right. getting to do all of the things that you want to do. But how would you answer this? Is there a benefit to being a sinner? Yeah, well, just along those same lines, looking at it, so it depends on your v- worldview, right? right? You, you either have a God-centered worldview or you have another worldview, right. all, all other worldviews, right? right? And in those other worldviews, the answer might be yes, because sometimes if you want, well, oftentimes if you want to advance in life, whether that's in your career, maybe in sports, professional sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a number of different scenarios where you might be called upon to be unrestrained in your morality and your behavior. Yeah. And it may be the case that engaging in sinful behavior is advantageous to the life you're trying to live. Right. So in that worldview, one that, that's void of God and responsibility to him, people would certainly see benefit to being open to sin. But for this radio program and for reality, right. which is a God-centered world, the short answer is, and the right answer is no. There's no benefit to being a sinner. There, There is no scenario where going against the will of God is good and right. beneficial. Right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And that's, that's exactly where I was going with this. Um, you know, again, people in our world, you know, in a, in a world of always, you know, trying to be better than the people around you and in a sense doing whatever it takes, right. To get to that point. Um, you know, people really do do whatever it takes, you know, regardless of morality, regardless of what is right and wrong. But ultimately the answer is no, because there's a bigger picture in mind here, right. There's so much more than just this world and what, you know, what people live for in this world, because it's all temporary. Right. Um, and we are living for something that is eternal, something that will never end. And so when you live with that in mind, then you will always have the, the mindset of there's no benefit of, of not, uh, or there's no benefit of being a sinner because within being a sinner, and this kind of leads us into our fourth question, why would we not want to be sinners? There's so many consequences, right, that come with being someone who lives a life that is in contrary to the will of God. And, and you know, I think ultimately what it boils down to, um, you know, we go back to the book of Romans in chapter six, it tells us. That in verse 23, the wages of sin is death. So ultimately, at the very end, uh, you know, aside from all of the other physical consequences and, you know, all the other things that that because of sin, you know, brings about, uh, ultimately there is eternal death and pain and torture that a sinner is going to have to endure 
um, through all of eternity um, right. if if they don't get their lives right. But what else would you say as, as to why we don't want to be sinners? Yeah, you, well, I had Romans six twenty three down as a point to make: the wages of sin is death. Right. You know that that's it. I mean, <laughs> just think about that practically for a minute. If you if you went to the doctor and you say, uh, "Doctor, I have this ailment, and I want a fix for it," and he says, "Well, here, take this pill. It'll kill you." Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the wages of sin is death. Right. So it, if you take the path of sin, you die. Right. Okay. And that is even worse than a doctor killing you with a pill. That's eternal death. Right. Right. So why would I not want to be a sinner? I would say first, because the wages or the just earnings of it is, is death, as you mm-hmm. so ably pointed out. I would add to that Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2. You've already alluded to that passage. Sin separates us from God uh, to the degree that he, not because of his incapacity and power, but because of the nature of sin, there is no help from God when we choose sin over salvation. And uh, I... You know, even beyond just what it does to ourselves, I think about what it does to the church. Mm. You know, Christians who want to continue to dabble in a life of sin, you know, because they can't let it go and be right. fully committed to God and they continue to commit sin, they're not they're not just hurting themselves, they hurt the church. You know, by and they say they may say, Well, it, I don't see how it's hurting the church. Well, what you don't see is what you don't see, right. right? You don't see the added value of your faithfulness and commitment to God and what that would bring to the church if you would make that change right. in your life. Right. Well, and even, and even, you know, for people, you know, maybe somebody's listening to this who's not a part of the church. I mean, you understand, right? We all understand just from a physical standpoint, even in our world and in our, in our, you know, in our land and country, um, there are still consequences, right, for right. doing things that are not right, um, for, you know, for for killing somebody or for robbing somebody, you know, just different things like that. Um, drunk driving, you know, there's consequences for that. Things that, um, you know, obviously are wrong as it pertains to Christianity, but even that are wrong just morally in the even in the eyes of our country. Um, so you can see, obviously, there are so many downsides, all of these things that happen as a result of doing things that are against uh, the will of Almighty God. So obviously there's a separation uh, between um, people who are Christians, people who have submitted their lives to God, and then, you know, people who have not, who are, who are sinners. Um, so how, I guess for us, you know, as we kind of get to the end of our episode, we try to make this as practical as we can for us, something we can take away from this. How do we help the people around us who are in that lost state, who haven't yet come to Christ? What are some things we can do to help them? So I, I wrote down three things here. Number one is compassion. Uh-huh. You know, I just think about the, the gospel accounts that talk about how Jesus was moved with compassion right. toward yeah. uh, the people around him who were, you know, whose lives were riddled with, with sin. Right. So compassion be we can be compassionate toward people we we might look at the sins in which they are engaged and 
you know, being even to some degree nauseated by the kinds of sins in which people engage, but we can still have compassion on them as a sinner. Yeah. I think of number two is empathy, which is different than compassion. It's the ability to sit where they sit and try to understand their predicament from where they're at. And we have a power and ability to do that in most cases because if we just will stop and think backwards, we were once there, right? right? So it's not like we're trying to empathize with someone who's living an experience that we don't know anything about, right? right? It's sometimes culturally, it's a challenge for someone of one ethnic background to empathize with another ethnic or cultural background because we miss a lot of detail because it wasn't our life experience. But that's certainly not the case with sin. Right. I mean, we have all been there. And so we can we can empathize with people if we really try. And then thirdly, confidence that people really are lost. Mm. I mean, we, we just do not look at the world from that perspective the way that we should. Right. Uh, many Christians have big question marks in their minds about whether or not a person outside of Christ and outside the Lord's church is lost. And we're not going to help people if we're not convinced they need help. Right. Right. So we need to be confident that people are lost and that the gospel is the only solution to their problem. I think you're exactly right. The idea of compassion, I think coupling that with, you know, with the love that we're supposed to have is one of the things I had in Ephesians 4.15, you talk yeah. to them, but you have to do it in the right right way with the right attitude. Because um, if you don't, then you, you know, you burn that relationship and, you know, you probably have all but lost, you know, the opportunity to, to help sure. them. Um, but then also, I think being willing to rebuke them, um, you know, like like you mentioned, the idea of, of coming to an understanding of this, they are lost. And they do need someone to talk to them. So many times we're afraid of confrontation. We don't want to have to look at somebody and tell them that they're wrong. Um, but ultimately, that's what is needed. Um, a lot, you know, obviously showing them through the scriptures and doing it in the right way. Um, but not just being someone who sits back and thinks, oh, they'll figure it out one day, you know, or just trying to you know, just, just let them do it on their own. Um, and, and in some instances, some people will come to that realization. Um, but, uh, for many people, they need to be shown that, um, in the right way with the right attitude. Um, but then also, uh, you know, showing them that the, the change that is expected of them, showing them what they need to do, how they need to do it, the lives that they need to live and helping them understand that they're not alone in the process, kind of, you know, alluding to what you had talked about, you know, we've all been through this, uh, are still going through this, um, but the great thing about the church, you know, is the unity that we're able to have. The fact that we are a family, we are um, going through, you know, different problems and different difficulties, uh, but ultimately all rooting back to the same problem with the same enemy. Uh, but we also have the same hope and the same ability to um, hurdle these things and, and to go on on the right path towards heaven. Right.
task. So I think this is a very beneficial episode, especially as we looked last time at the idea of, of what a Christian is, but now looking at what a sinner is um, and making those distinct differences. And hopefully this has been beneficial and helpful uh, to you as well. We're thankful that you took some time today to listen to this episode. We hope that it's helped you. Um, if you have anything that you would like for us to talk about topics or anything, we would love for you to reach out to us. Um, you can find all the information you need to in our show notes below. Also, if you'd like to visit us here at the Roanoke Church of Christ, our address is below, as well as our times of worship. And so we would love to have you uh, have you come and be a part of our assemblies and to worship God together. If, again, if you have any questions, we are more than happy for you to reach out. We will do all that we can to answer those questions. Again, thanks so much for being with us. May God bless you.